You're listening to the Over a Drink podcast, the podcast dedicated to normalizing normal men talking about normal things, sharing testimonies and putting purpose to pain. My name is Mitch Parsons, and I am your host. The Over a Drink podcast. Uh, hey, thanks for listening today. I, uh, I've changed my cadence a little bit to where... Um, it's every two weeks now is when I'm releasing them. I'm not recording them on at that cadence, but um, having the pressure with the life that I live right now to have somebody over once a week, twice a week to record and produce, and it was taking the joy out of it. And so I'm really doing this. I'm trying to do it every two weeks. If that feels like something that's attainable, uh, I just knocked something off. John, what did I knock off? Uh, a Game Boy. Oh, <laughs> guys, I have a Game Boy Yellow <laughs> that I keep in my office with the with the guide um, on how to play Pokemon Yellow. Uh, so that'll be worth a lot of money one day. Um, well, like I said, thank you for listening. My name is Mitch Parsons. Uh, I am the host of this podcast. This podcast's whole thing is is to normalize uh, normal men talking about normal things and. That looks different for everybody, and that's what I'm really excited about is because um, there are different stories, but everybody has a common denominator, and you'll listen to something that you didn't realize that somebody else thought the same way that you do, uh, which is super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, like it is freeing. And so I have somebody on today who I'm so excited. This is a long time coming uh, because – Life is just busy. Um, but my friend John, he uh, is A, just a great human. Uh, he is a great musician. But before that, he's a great friend. And before that, he's a great husband. Uh, he's just great. So <laughs> he's sitting across from me. Uh, and we've been talking for, wow, I mean, you came over at 1145. It's like one four, two hours um, before we even started going. And so I'm really excited for what's going to come out um, on this episode. Uh, John, you have, let's see how many floors. I'll give you seven floors. You got seven floors yeah. at a hotel in Vegas nice. on a Friday night. So lots of stops. Um, <laughs> you, what is your elevator pitch of yourself? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I love coffee. I happen to play music, um, love, got married a few years ago. So that was been a really, been a really interesting journey, really good thing. Um, but that's kind of, my life has looked very different the last three than, than the first 28. Um, but yeah, I got married a little bit, a little bit, a little bit later, I think than some people. I don't know if that's I mean, technically no. in, in the Christian world, it's like ring by spring yeah. for all the, like the people that go to Christian college, it's like, if yeah. I'm not 21 and married quite some time after college. Yeah. Um, but man, I, uh, yeah, I get to play music in a lot of different contexts. Um, really passionate about the church. I was in ministry full-time pretty much, um, like including Christian college and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, in ministry right after, uh, graduating college, doing like a residency in Baltimore, spent some time there, um, internship, that kind of thing. And then moved back to Indiana for like six months. And God brought me to Colorado, um, out of the, the goodness of his heart. Um, (laughs) He took you out of Indiana, Indiana to Colorado. (laughs) I don't know. I love, I love the heartland. I love, (laughs) I love, love me some, uh, IU basketball. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I've grown to grown to love the fine earth. This is a lot longer than a ten story elevator pitch. Someone right? pulled the emergency brake thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um I have grown to love some of the finer things in life, you know, good coffee, good food, good yeah. fine beverages and things. But um yeah, I'm easily pleased with cheese pizza. <laughs> and I think that comes from my from your Indiana, <laughs> Indiana <but> roots, <laughs> yeah. Um some of my friends called me iceberg for a long time. Because I would talk about what I ate growing up, and I always ate iceberg salads, just ice, just yeah. chopped up an iceberg wedge, yeah, with ranch dressing. That's a salad to me. Okay, to a lot of people, that's not a salad. That's <laughs> like some water and ranch. I know, yeah. 
Hey, but it's it doesn't. Primary. It tastes good because ranch is like there's a constant argument in my home between me and all my friends because I am I just like to stir it up. But blue cheese is better than ranch. And Alex Blejo, Austin Blejo, if you're listening to this, I stand by it. I like blue cheese. I've grown to like it, but it was not what I ate in middle school and high school. No, you were ranch Hidden was Valley. the only dressing I knew. Yeah, Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> the iceberg is the delivery tool for the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's real. Oh, man. Ranch. I mean, and then some shredded cheese, dude, if you're feeling like spicy. You know, like I'm yeah. really wanting to switch something up. Just some cheddar, thinly sliced bag of cheese <laughs> right there on top. Also, chips and cheese is another primary Those are nachos. Group. Well, no, no, just chips and cheese. That's like an Indiana thing. But Like a tortilla chip and. Yeah, like nacho chips, like scoops and cheese. Tostitos okay, scoops. so are we talking like nacho cheese, like in the jar, or like cheese oh, out no, of my fridge? Oh, shredded cheese, like you put it in the microwave. Like yeah, that's nachos. Yeah, but I don't know. There's a distinction. But nachos to me are like, I mean, you've got your peach salsas. You've oh, got you've got your, all your stuff, but like your from, accoutrements. For me, it's like, mom, dad, I'm going to go make some nachos. Yeah. And in high school, that means I'm going to throw a handful of cheese on some tortilla chips and microwave. Yes, for, in 1999, Indiana. Chips and cheese is its own subcategory of you can you can food. figure out <laughs> you can dial in with your microwave the exact down to the second m- amount of time that you have to you can. microwave it to be not too, like like melted perfectly. Yeah. You can also resurrect some stale chips too. Yeah, you can. You know what I mean? Yeah, by nailing that ratio. But yeah. you know, <laughs> well, well, they anyway. fixed the elevator. They fixed the elevator. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm easily pleased by cheese pizza. Um, yeah, I was in full-time ministry, um, you know, for about seven to eight years here in Colorado. And then, um, you know, really good season, hard season. But then God moved me a few years ago just um, through my life and in my heart to step into doing music full-time professionally. Um, so I'm self-employed, and that's been an adventure of a lot of stepping out in faith the last couple of years. Um, God's been so good and so faithful. Yeah, like I said, uh, married a wonderful lady named Juliana. <laughs> um, and what's your favorite part about her? Yeah, I think I love her her spontaneity and her adventurous spirit. There's a lot of really good things, um, but I think those those two things complement me and my cheese pizza vibes <laughs> pretty well. You In like, terms of like, let's I sit at home and play video games, and she's like, "You mean you want to get on a plane and go to Rome tomorrow?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's a uh, yeah, so she's she's totally that kind of like just fierce, independent spirit, and um, willing to explore. And I, like I said, there's I've grown to be exposed to a lot of just like new like foods and just random things in life and the world that's bigger than our American lens, but. A lot of that wouldn't be without her either. So yeah. I think that's one of my one of my favorite favorite things. But um yeah. Went to Bible college. That's kind of like taking steps backwards, but um that was kind of an interesting season of life. So there's a lot of knowledge based thinking and trying to convince myself and other people that I had it all figured out. And I think as I've gotten I'm thirty one, so as I've gotten uh, a little bit older and hopefully grown into some grace. Yeah. Kind of try to be a little bit more open-minded <laughs> to the world. Um, but yeah, man, like uh, get to play music full-time right now and um, work on a lot of different projects and kind of have a lot of plates spinning. So yeah. it's fun. That's so fun. And I kind of, we talked about this beforehand and you, you gave a very well-rounded picture just now of, of, who you are and a very flyby of your testimony because we, we kind mm-hmm. of, we, as far as like, didn't go into the nitty gritty details, but like a lot of times, a lot of storytelling because so, so testimonies to me are, um, a to whatever letter in the alphabet you are. Cause it's never finished. Right. Yeah. But I view it as like a book that's being written and each chapter is, and that's so cliche, but I don't care. Like each chapter is its own chapter. Right. And so mm-hmm. we, both in talking before this and honestly it was the christmas no it was the album so john plays electric for red rocks worship who uh my wife is a part of that team so that's kind of how we 
have spent a lot of time together. Um, and he spent a lot of time with my wife and, uh, in some super cool settings and just, um, John is just someone that I trust so dearly, um, trust so much because I've seen his heart on stage and I've seen how he leads worship and I see how he worships. Um, and I just think it's super cool the way that he, man, he leads worship from the back row, which -hmm. is very hard to do. Actually, no, it's not hard to do, but it's very rare to do. I think that he leads worship so authentically, like vertically that you could watch him and be led in worship and just tune out everybody else that's singing. Um, and But with that, the authenticity is something that I want to really lean into right now is that we had kind of talked about yeah. um, there's something that you and I have both. So we want to kind of talk about a chapter of your life. Mm. Um, and not that the a, a, B, C, D, E, F, G are not important, but it's just sure. we feel like we're being led to talk more about the yeah, that's so good. The other part of your testimony, the part that you're currently walking in. And um, it actually probably is an, an overarching theme that has uh, transcended multiple chapters in your life in terms of marriage and college and mm-hmm. all those things. But we want to focus in on um, your relationship with food and your relationship with um, your body image. And, yeah. Um, and a word that I think is scary to people. And even as I say, like try to like form sentences in my head right now, I'm like dancing around the word body dysmorphia. Um, Hmm. and, and that word is something that I think is stigmatized. And, uh, I don't think you can have a positive stigma. I think stigma in itself is inherently negative, right? Am I right for, is that, or can you have a positive stigma? I don't know, like a generalization or something? Yeah, I think it would be a different word for it. But like Mm. there's a stigma around anything that has to do with body image um, or eating. uh, You could say eating disorder. You could say disordered eating. You could say any number of words. Um, Yeah, I think specifically for like our generation of millennial millennial men. Like how dare you? Like you can't Yeah, almost. And if you do, like you're – what is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that it's I, primarily, it might be going too far, but like it's primarily a female thing. No, it's a, it's 100%. And I say that openly. That would be the stigma. It's a woman's disease, like um, societally. It's mm-hmm. something that society has coined a woman's disease. Um, I think we're getting to a place now that, um, man, I think social media has done such a great job of reinforcing um, yeah, the negativity in terms of what a perfect body should look like, mm, um, stereotypes, stereotypes, and uh, perceived perfection and filters, and now AI and just there's yeah. zero authenticity in the fact that like um, this is what I think is humorous is that men are essentially given an idea of what yeah. is you should quote unquote look like but then not expected to have any kind of mental repercussions in their attainment of that perceived perception. Mm. Like how dare you maybe like come over this, like come up with this OCD type obsession with food. Um, that's weak, but you still don't look like that. So you're Mm. wrong both twice. Mm. And, and so that's been my experience, but I want to hear about yours. And so that's been enough of me talking about it and spewing words into a mic. So John, would you, um, and this is a Holy Spirit testimony or a mm. Holy Spirit podcast. Wherever you're being led to go, I want to walk alongside you in that. And so wherever you want to start, please. Yeah. So I think for me, kind of my journey with like, I've never been clinically diagnosed with body dysmorphia or anything, but I, I do think that that probably most closely to, like describes what I've walked through. Honestly, can't really even now remember a time when it hasn't been something that's going on in my mind. Um, like up until today, I think there've been different times where I've been more secure and less secure around talking about it, or even just with those thoughts, like in my uh, head, like, I feel like I texted you a couple months ago or something. We had plans to sit down and have this conversation. I was like, dude, like, I don't, I don't think I can do this today. Cause I'm not in a good headspace to talk about the way I view myself, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my body image or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, there were just a lot of things leading into that. I think just was kind of the end of a long day, you know, yeah. of a lot of stuff, yeah. but, um, man, I'm glad that 
the time was right for this today. Um, but yeah, it's not something I've reached any sort of like conclusion on. Um, I think regardless of those points of insecurity or security, it's like, it's going to be something I wrestle with, um, for the rest of my life, but, um, or struggle with, but I think things really began for me. Like I was, I was homeschooled, like in elementary school, um, in middle school, I had a, a couple of like really good guy friends at the time, you know, not like a huge community church was always like growing up in, um, in kind of Southwestern Indianapolis, like church was the rhythm. It was youth group in, in that time of life on Wednesdays. It was church on Sundays. It was, uh, Wednesday night meals and fellowship hall things and stuff. And honestly, I have like a really sweet family that I'm still really close with and, um, like love dearly. Um, but that was our life. I had a couple of like in the elementary school days, like good guy friends and they were like really into sports and, um, things like that. So, I mean, that was kind of, when I think about those years, it was like playing ball and, you know, playing outside a lot, you know, like playing in the Creek. Like it didn't, I didn't have a cell phone until I was 17 years old or, you know, a couple years after driving, honestly, I was driving before I had a cell phone, you know, being home by certain times and, you know, after youth group or whatever, go to Taco Bell. (laughs) It's crazy. You know, like turn Um, up Taco Bell. Yeah. Um, but was really into sports, just like playing outside, like living like just kind of country boy life, you know, like, like literally. And, um, so that one day when I was, I don't even remember like how old I would have been definitely like elementary school years. Um, maybe like middle school kind of fifth grade, sixth grade, um, was playing outside on like a summer day. And, uh, basically I came inside like just completely, um, not able to breathe. I basically like, collapsed on the floor and I had an asthma attack, um, for the first time, you know, in my life, it was kind of out of the blue, like couldn't breathe, like, got rushed to the hospital, ended up being like in the hospital for like several months. Um, long story short, came out of that a couple months, <clears throat> um, came out of, out of that, like, Hey, like John, my, my, uh, my family calls me JB. Okay. So, and it's not like JB, like Justin Bieber, it's J A Y B E E like JB. <laughs> so it's an important distinction. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah um, but yeah, it's like, Hey, like JB like has asthma. Like this is something, you know, like you, like you have the disease, <laughs> you know, yeah. not like, like you like almost died from this kind of asthma attack. Not like, yeah, I just like have trouble breathing sometimes, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, they immediately in the hospital, like in the beginning of that, that time, um, you know, put me on inhaled steroids and I mean like two or three times a day, you know? Um, so I kind of immediately experienced some like big, like body changes, I would say as like a, um, you know, middle school kid where, youth group and like all yeah. that kind of stuff was like, um, salt team, student action leadership team. <laughs> like those were really my only like outlets. Like I was yeah. still homeschooled at that time. Like I had a pretty good head on my shoulders. All, you know, I was like hanging out with my friends, you know, like some outside of just like youth group, you know? Yeah. But, um, anyway, like really started experiencing some of these like body changes and, um, I kind of like, went from that like, you know, fun loving kid who just played outside all the time to like being really aware of the fact that like my body doesn't look like any of like these like other middle school kids and, you know, even starting in like ninth, 10th grade, like high school kids anymore, you know, like I'm not, um, kind of like, kind of, I don't know, even looking back, I grew like a little bit of a deeper disdain for like the you know, baseball player, middle school kind of type, yeah. like trying to be Steph Curry, yeah. seventh grader, you know, whatever. That's like, um, just really into sports and all that kind of stuff. When I was like, le- I think legit, like interested in some of those things at an early age, you know, and like I said, just like the plane outside, like yeah. having a lot of fun kind of like life. But, um, you know, I was just like immediately bombarded as like in eighth grade and ninth grade with like, and I, I can't think of any practical examples. I'm sure there were a couple 
Um, but you know, it's like, Hey, like you're chubby, you're fat, you're, um, you're not that athletic kid, (laughs) you know, I don't know, like how to describe it any other way. Um, and a lot of those messages around that time in my life kind of started to get planted. Mm. Um, which, and those are like messages that I still like still deal with today. I bet you, you can, Um, you could right now hear or like take yourself back to that moment that somebody called you chubby or called you like in your head. It's like a core memory. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely that time of life eventually got off the steroids. Um, and then, Probably like, you know, I would say like 10th, 11th grade kind of started to just like get a little bit taller, you know, um, kind of grow out of that season of like my body um, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but just never felt comfortable like in my own skin from as early as I can remember, you know, fifth grade, six, you know, whenever yeah. right around the time of the asthma attack and <sighs> immediately started. I remember being in high school, just like every mirror, you know, like in the mall or in like walking around like a food court or something. It's just like, you're like always looking at yourself in the mirror. I was always like, like, does this shirt look good on me? Does, am I too fat? Am I too like, is, how does my like stomach look here? How did like, you know, all those kind of things, um, as like a high schooler, you know, being obsessed with that, like appearance, you know, in order to find whatever approval I was looking for or that kind of thing. Um, so like, does this Hollister shirt look good on me? You know, like this is too, I think I'm a medium, not a small. And then like, Oh, like I need, I need to wear a medium now cause I'm growing, but I should be, a, I should be wearing like the small cause the small is like more appropriate yeah. or something or more to my idea of how I should look like. You, or you've, something. you've attached, man, that's so real. I, there are, well, first of all, Hollister, and this is an example, Hollister and other clothes like that, a small isn't a small, a medium, like, or like a small on that is a different than a small on Nike, which is different than sure. a small, like, yeah. and they all fit differently. But for me, there's associations in my head with sizes that I'm like, yeah, I am at, like in a car, car heart, I'm a large or an extra large. Sure. In a pack sun shirt, yeah. I'm like a three X, like two X, but in my head, I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to get three X because I have an association with a person who I picture that wears a three X and I'm not that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So anyway, like, yeah, that's, that's, it's wild with the branding and just images around, especially that time. I mean, like everything is like print advertisements and billboards and TV and you know what I mean? Like you're not, I'm not looking at stuff on my razor. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Like I'm not like, like I'm, I'm playing snake on yeah, my phone. Yeah. Like this is like friends. This is the people that are cool to me in my friend group that look this way. This is, you know, when you like go to the store to buy, like it's like the, what the, the models and the mannequins look like, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, even that is like so foreign to how it is now where like everything is like an Instagram ad yeah. or something. Yeah. Um. But anyway, kind of started to like grow out and just like grow out of that body, but like still like, I mean, be crippled in high school by like that, those insecurities around like body image and not being like fat um, or like aspiring to be this like particular kind of, um, I don't know, person like we talked about. And then, so I also right around that time in like high school, I got thrown into, um, not really thrown into chose to like basically start college early. So right around 10th grade, um, I started going to IUPUI, um, (laughs) in downtown Indianapolis. And basically that was my high school was starting college classes. So freshman writing, I was W131 sat next to George Hill at IUPUI. He's the okay. only famous person that I even remotely have a touch point with. That's amazing. <laughs> His number is not in my phone, sadly. He is someone that but, you would never guess is good, but then play 2K and George Hill like takes over games, and I don't know how. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, sorry. George, Hill's, George Hill is, uh, you is know. He, is he still he's around? This is, 
Yeah, he actually just came back to the Pacers. Oh. They just re-signed him, I, I believe, like a month ago or something. Amazing. Or was like welcome home stuff. Anyway, <laughs> George Hill and I were Jags. Tenth grade, John was a. Uh, how old are you in tenth grade? Fifteen. Fifteen. 16. Fifteen year old John with these issues was thrown into a fifty five thousand person college campus with George Hill. Wow. And uh, really, I mean, that's when like this is a different conversation, but like all the knowledge stuff, proving yourself, grades. A's, A minuses, B pluses, heaven forbid, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff started to catch up. Um, and at that point in my life, I think I was more subconsciously dealing with all the body image stuff because I was so focused on grades and school. And like, if I'm not going to be athletic, you know, kind of to that, like yeah. I was also playing music in like high school, still involved super with my church, like you know, doing that kind of thing. But I think that kind of became my area because I couldn't or didn't have the body to like, wasn't the kind of like baseball player, basketball player, like prove yourself as a kid in those ways. Yeah. Maybe prove yourself is the wrong word, but like be involved with those things because that's kind of where you naturally fit in or something, you know? Yeah. Um. But so I started doing these college classes, being done there full time, like 15 credit hours per semester, 18 credit hours, 21 credit hours. I mean, it was like my life was on campus. Um, I graduated with a business degree when from IU when I was um, like right after what would have been like my freshman year of college. Wow. Um, and then at that point, like dealing with these huge like performance, like accomplishment, <laughs> like issues for sure. Like I'm going to prove myself through grades and through learning and knowledge rather than by nailing three pointers, like my friend George, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, or whatever. Um, he was in one class with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but then, you know, I was really involved with church. God was so good and all that. Like, you know, church was just such a, a grounding, like one of uh, his name's Mark. He was one of like my mentors, like our worship pastor at the time. Like just, there's a lot of good stuff in those, in those di- days, days too. Just like learning what it's like to just be a salt of the earth kind of person yeah. and be like, uh, like that's what I would view him as as a mentor or like, like do the ministry of like the saints, like, and the rhythms of church and that kind of stuff. And kind of felt God like lead me, um, to want to do that with my life. And, um, I was, I'm a CIY kid too, Christ and youth. <laughs> if anybody out there knows what that is, like a conference thing for non-denoms. <laughs> um, but I mean, I remember being in like ninth, 10th grade, raising my hand in the back, like God's calling me to full-time ministry kind of thing. I think he like absolutely works through that, um, kind of stuff. So I, you know, was in the middle of like this business thing, college environment, um, graduated and then God, God led me towards, um, going to Bible college in East Tennessee um, and spent two years there getting a Bible degree, kind of like stepping into, um, you know, what I thought he had next for me and that kind of thing. Um, The thing about that season was that was when, when I moved to Tennessee was the first time I I didn't live at home anymore, you know? Yeah. No accountability. Um, Yeah. And I had a lot of good friends, Justin, Billy, two of my college roommates, like just dear, dear people. Um, but college was kind of the first time where I, I was wrestling through like two things there, the knowledge stuff and really quickly getting humbled, especially when you associate your relationship with God, with like how much you know about the Bible. And there's a lot wrapped in that statement, but you know, like just dealing with, wow, I don't think I could, I could live an entire lifetime. I could live 10 lifetimes and not know everything about God or his word or the depths of scripture or as much as my, you know, 401 professor (laughs) knows with his doctorate, you know? So like, but then thinking as like a sophomore junior in college, like I could, you know, it's like dealing with that knowledge stuff. Um, and prove myself through academics, being humbled, but then also kind of like trying to view myself and how I fit into the world for the first time living away from home and, um, I was in a, you know, so then these, these body image things really reared their head 
at, um, at my school and I walked through an intense season of like, I am too fat. I need to be skinnier. A lot of my friends at the time or several of my friends at the time, maybe not all of them, um, were like kind of the academic bookworm brainy types who, you know, the way they proved themselves was spending like all their time in the library, Yeah, you know, and how many books they read on the weekends yeah. and like, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, they were just very like bookworm, non-athletic for lack of a better word, like thin, like not eating kind of like, I'm going to devote yeah. myself to study and nothing else. Like yeah. almost like a weird monastic <laughs> kind of like commitment as yeah. like an undergrad to, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, trying to like honor them super well. Cause they're great people doing really great things. But like, uh, but there's, I, mean, I, I was I, trying to figure out how I fit in, in that dynamic, you know? Yeah. And like my roommates were very like, uh, Hey, we're just going to have fun. We're going to play video games and go out and play Frisbee and watch movies and, you know, so there was this, these, this kind of other group that was like this, like monastic student knowledge kind of thing that I was wrestling with. And for a couple of years there, probably like a year and a half, I did, I did a study abroad semester. Um, it wasn't abroad. It was in Maryland, which <laughs> study what good away from Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it was in, in North of Baltimore, just North of Baltimore, um, at a church, which was like the biggest church I had been involved with at that point. Um, that's a whole separate thing, you know? Uh, but anyway, at on campus for like a year and a half in Tennessee, I would, I was convinced, I convinced myself that I was too heavy hmm. and that I um, needed to be skinnier or I needed to look like this image that I had built up in my mind. And so like I would <laughs> like patterns at that time in my life, which is, this is probably the, the worst it, it was. Um, but I would like eat two meals a day and I would walk from my dorm to the cafeteria and have a bowl of not even a bowl, like a small cafeteria bowl. Yeah. Like a, I don't know. I'm kind of, making an image with my hands, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. a small cafeteria bowl full of raisin bran and skim milk. And like one of those three quarters of the way filled up twice a day for probably a year and a half. Wow. And then like maybe on the weekends I would have like, let myself have a slice of pizza from the calf or yeah, something, you yeah. know? Um, Cause pizza's bad. And but then sure you would think about that slice of pizza for like the next four days and shame yourself for the fact that you ate that slice of pizza. Yeah. Or like shame myself for putting whole milk in my cereal instead of skim milk or whatever. If yeah. they were out of skim milk yeah. or if they, you know, just happened to rant or run out of raisin bran from the pull down uh, yeah. thing that day, dude. And I had to eat fruit loops, yeah. you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, dude, you yeah. know, like you're, you're getting fat now. You know, isn't it so, crazy the fear that you can attach? Because I've been processing this body dysmorphia thing, this, and and it's so much more than just like restricting your food, but in like a bad body image. It is like a, at least for me, it has been a full on anxiety inducing fear yeah. of food and the effects that I catastrophize, catastrophize. Yeah. Um, yeah. With like you had whole milk and now that's going to completely affect yeah. how your clothes fit you quote in your brain, even though realistically yeah. your clothes are going to fit the exact same, but they're going to feel a hundred percent different. Yeah. And for me, like, uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean, literally like probably a year and a half straight of eating raisin bran with skim milk twice a day and, you know, going back to my dorm room. And going to bed, rinse and repeat, study, 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 academics, you know, you're doing what God wants you to do because you're learning about him, yeah, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. kind of stuff, um, which was also, also really cool. Like, uh, it was, it was instrumental and imp important in that season in the sense of like, 
I had just played music in church. And so I was like, God's calling me to ministry. I need to know more about him if I'm going to do, if I'm going to be a pastor. <laughs> and like, yeah. so there was some good stuff there too, where it's like, you know, God had me there for a purpose. He broke a lot of things off me in terms of that kind of knowledge to prove yourself kind of thing. Um, or began to, I would say. Um, but yeah, this like body image stuff is the entire time was like just dominating my, dominating my like view of myself yeah. and with my friends. And like, there's a distinct memory. We had this like <clears throat> called a wonderful Wednesday where they just like randomly cancel class on like a wonderful Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they have like yard games and ice cream trucks Cause you know, our, we were, we had a dry campus and stuff, like, yeah. you know, um, pizza, you know, I don't know why I'd come back to pizza. There was <laughs> other stuff, probably. <laughs> but you know, it's just like normal, like food, yeah. I guess, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, and I would never let myself have any of that stuff. And I remember like, you know, people taking, cause like people took pictures all the time, right? I'm like, not even, maybe their cell phones, people still had cameras too. Yeah digital cameras, but I remember like somebody taking all these pictures on like a digital camera stuff of like wonderful Wednesday, the best day of the year, right? Like the day when we get to do all the things and like no class, all this kind of stuff. And, um, they like posted them on Facebook like that afternoon. And I was just absolutely, and this wasn't a one-time occurrence. It's just kind of the memory that comes yeah. to mind, but I was just like absolutely crushed by the way I looked in these photos. Mm. Right. That I'm like, like my like face looks this way. My, you know, stomach looks this way. I'm too broad across the chest. I'm too like, you know, whatever I have to be, I have to be skinnier. I'm just like hating myself, yeah. you know, and looking back and even thinking about those like photos, which again, it's like not, not a one-time wrestling or occurrence. Yeah. Um, like I have so much compassion for who I was in that moment yeah, that I couldn't view myself through that same lens of like ultimately God's love for me, you know? Yeah. But then I'm so distracted by this like self hate mm -hmm. or something um, that I, I couldn't enjoy those times. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, even still today, like I, I have a hard time enjoying certain things if somebody's like taking photos. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, or like my wife will be on a trip and she'll like want to take photos. And there'll be times where I get through it better. Like it's like legit fun yeah. or that kind of stuff too. So like it's not like all like dark clouds yeah. and thunderstorms. Yeah. But um it's really hard for me to like compartmentalize those things and not view my situation and how I'm experiencing it through the lens of like a photograph or through my body or mm -hmm. through whatever. So, um, yeah. After that kind of, you know, never really had any breakthrough moments around college or yeah. maybe ever with this. I think there's a lot of like circumstantially driven things. Um, you know, through the rest from, you know, 20, I moved to Colorado when I was 21. So I was doing like internship stuff when I was like 20. Um, that whole thing was like fast forwarded advanced. Yeah. You know, like I was talking about, um, had a lot of good friends, you know, really, I think like living in Maryland, I've like, so I moved to Maryland for this like study, but it was the last semester. I was like, I'm done with this school. Yeah. I'm going to go do my last semester. I like walked, but I was like not on campus anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I had like the most wonderful host family, my brother who I have one sister. Uh, she's wonderful. Um, we're really close, but my brother Gil, uh, is back in Maryland now. And he's way smarter than I would ever hope to have been at the time. <laughs> he's like one of those guys that's like the coolest and like went on and got their MDiv and like actually like wields it well. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So 
shout out to him. <laughs> but anyway, I live with his family. They were like my host family okay. uh, in Maryland. And this is your, you said your brother. Yeah. He's like, he's like a little brother. Okay. He's not so my actual brother. He's not brother. your actual no, brother. He's just okay. like my brother. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, but like lived with his family um, for like a year and a half. I had two different host families, one with internship and residency, but they were like second family to me and they had such a healthy relationship with food that even just like now thinking about it, that I remember being so like, it was just a health, it was just a healthy season of life. This is when hurricane Sandy was happening. Yeah. So we survived torrential downpours, um, some other things during that time, yeah. but they had such a healthy relationship with food and had such a healthy family dynamic. And they made me feel like a member of their family and, um, Gil's dad, Gil. Yeah. <laughs> Gilbert Francis Shelsby, the second, <laughs> uh, not the third. Um, like he would like bring home muscles on like a Friday night, like working down on like Utah street yeah. and would like go get fresh muscles, bring them back, like cook, like, you know, this like blue moon sauce, like they would have pasta, they would have, you know, all kinds of stuff. So started to like experience a little bit of a, a healthier, like rhythm around that, yeah. like, they never like forced me to do it or anything, but um, like they would just, oh, I was always invited to have dinner with them. Yeah. Getting home from working at the church. Yeah. You know, I was always invited to kind of be a part of their family rhythms, which looked like a normal relationship with food and all that kind of stuff. So um, started to experience some more like health in that season. Um, definitely never was able to get past like, excuse me, like mirrors and photos and some of those issues. I think it's just more again, like that, like rhythm of like, I'm more secure about who I am, like in my skin right now yeah. in this moment of life yeah. than I am like crippling insecurity, mm. you know? I think that's important um, to point out is that at least in my experience and it sounds like in yours is like, it comes in waves and you said like in this moment, at least in this moment, I felt good in my skin. But then all it would take, at least in my experience, and you can correct me in, within years, but like it would take looking at a camera of a picture for that to completely fall yeah, just on like itself. Derailed. And like, or to walk by a mirror and catch an angle and be like, oh, well, yeah. So, and the reason I feel this way is because I had muscles and yeah. pasta last night. And it, even though you were in a healthy place, at least for me and my experience, it's been like, it takes that yeah to derail it and send you off yeah like people will talk about like their mind spinning with other things or like i'm yeah. just like really going down this path or whatever in regards to like a whole bunch of issues yeah but like that's the one for me or this is the one for me where i'm like i relate to that like something triggered me in yeah. this moment and now i am like not here and yeah. i am like spinning and i'm a different person because of this you know yeah um, so anyway, then, uh, long story short, ended up moving to Colorado, um, got open door for a job doing a student ministry role out here at a church and then kind of had a, you know, a long season of ministry there, like, like seven years. Honestly, I think it was eight, um, when I left and there were different seasons there too, you know, so this is more kind of mid twenties of my life, um, where <clears throat> didn't experience anything as debilitizing, uh, debilitizing, debilitating, debilitating, debilitization, debilitating as like the raisin brand and like school kind of phase. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was never notorious for like having food around the house, like a ton. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would go out and like have a pretty healthy relationship with food, like maybe like in groups, you know, with like staff and leaders after youth group or, you know, um, yeah, like I'll let myself have this. I'll, you know, whatever, but I never really kept, you know, nothing like drastic, but I just like compared now with like being married where we have rhythms of like, cooking together yeah. and uh you know like grocery shopping 
<laughs> like real. things like that. Like when I was single living out here, I just, it was, I never really let myself kind of get to that place of where like, wow, I can, I can eat healthy, you know, went through a season of a few years of like one of my really good friends, like, and I like working out together all the time, you know, kind of having that like Christian brothers building each other up in yeah. the gym kind of thing, <laughs> you know, which is amazing. That's not to knock on that at all. No. Um, that was really special like season, yeah. you know, where, where it's like, yeah, like protein and you know, I'm going to eat prayer protein and or a chicken. Not chicken. <laughs> uh, like I'm going to eat like chicken and eggs and yeah, ground you know, beef and whey protein. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Carry around a gallon of water. Yeah. So I was like, you know, there were, there were times living out here where I was definitely like in a healthier spot with like food and kind of those images. But again, even I was like, you know, I just turned 31 in December and, um, I think another, another thing that's kind of like worth mentioning, um, maybe along the way is cause I, I did work for a large church. Um, and that's kind of been a lot of my experience, um, kind of finding myself within maybe some of these interesting structures, you yeah, know, yeah. um, like photographers, like there's always a photographer around taking pictures of you at your event. Yeah. Right. And for some people that's like a really, maybe even like, not even like a, there's no knock here at all. Like maybe that could be a life giving thing for somebody. Yeah. Maybe, you know, my wife and like, their family love pictures. They're taking pictures at yes. everything. Selfies. Some find someone that we don't know to take a picture of the whole group where I'm like, I'll be the one who takes a picture. If I don't have to be in it, like, let me, let yeah. me hold the camera. So just like dreading, like working at a church, dreading when a photographer is around yeah. because of how I look or how I appear specifically related to like weight, body image, physique, things like that. Um, and never really being comfortable like uh, missing out on a lot of what God was doing because of being crippled by those insecurities, yeah. you know? Yeah. Which even now it's like, man, like I do think I feel like I'm at a healthier place in regards to some of that stuff. Um, where it's like, it does not, I can still like have those moments where I spin, yeah. you know, if like I see a picture of myself and I'm like, Oh, like that's how I look. And then I define myself based upon that. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think I'm in a healthier space where I'm not, I'm not missing out and distracted by some of these like church rhythm things, Yeah, you know, that in the past, like really, really, really crippled me. Mm. Um, you know, as somebody who's like, been in, in like more of a stage role at times, you know, yeah. but honestly there were, there were other times too. Like I led, um, a mission trip <laughs> and we went to Jamaica. Uh, and like, I remember looking back and, you know, after the trip, a couple months after the trip or whenever people posted, it might've been like a week, yeah. but even a year after the trip or two years, maybe not two years, but a year after the trip being like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm this way. I'm too fat. I'm too, you know, so yeah. this isn't even just like professional, like, Oh, you're yeah. like on stage. It's just like kind of a general life. Like when people yeah. take pictures, like I, I can get crippled by that very easily. But I look back on like that John in his IU hat, you know, yeah, carrying bricks around with our high schoolers in Jamaica. Yeah. And, I'm so like joyful and happy, but now I'm being like crippled like weeks after the fact when like, okay, maybe in that moment I wasn't distracted to what God had for me there. Yeah. You know, but now I'm like, like beating myself up a month or two later based upon for how I looked here. And there's really no, I don't really have any answers for it other than like, it's crazy and wild looking back on Jamaica, John, I look back on that just as I look back on John last year and I look back on college, John, and I'm like, I want to have that compassion. Like I have compassion for that, John. Yeah. And I have love and like, I'm in a healthier spot where I can be like, 
I love who that person was then. Yeah. And it's like now sitting as like 31 year old doing what I'm doing with my family and my wife and our dog and like our daily rhythms. Like I want to have that same compassion for like myself now and mm. the same like love from the father, from father God for myself now. Yeah. As I do like Jamaica, John, does that make sense? So like if there's any, if there's any like growth in it, yeah. it's just kind of getting to that place of like, as a 31 year old, like I, I want to love like myself in its current form and body and yeah. image and be healthy and be like, and love life and love the experiences of life as, as much as I can have compassion on that person in the past. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And I, and I think as you're like talking, it, I keep getting this picture of like people like you and I wear lenses or like we choose to put on these lenses or maybe they're not chosen. It's just like, the way that the enemy has afflicted us, but like you're happy in those Jamaica John it pictures because you're just living authentically the life that you were doing. You were doing loving what you were doing. Yeah. You weren't you were present. You weren't being shown. You were like you were living it and not having to look at it. And so yes. like when yeah. when you're told to Ooh, look at it. When you're told to look at it, you're now able to you're now being like forced through to look at it through these lenses that the that the enemy has like put on us and we don't actually enjoy the joy of that moment but we are critiquing the physical body that was in that moment rather than like what the heart was feeling what like that's like the, such a picture of like physical versus versus spiritual like your spirit was being fed while you were in jamaica and yeah. so you you associate joy with that but then we look at our bodies as like I think we idolize and we make idols of our body. And so like we're super, we critique it and we sit yeah. back later and we look through these lenses of like, Oh my, look at my, like, Oh, absolutely. Look at me, my chin. Like for me, my biggest insecurity. And I, like, that's why I wear a beard is like, I hate like in pictures if I smile yeah. and I look like Same. I have two chins or if I lean the wrong way Same. and I have like, and I'm like, so I have a beard to cover that up <laughs> like real talk. But like, I don't, I can relate to you so heavy in the fact of like looking back at pictures. A, it's crazy that like I remember how much I hated myself in those moments. And then somehow yes. today, yes. I look back and I'm like, I wish I looked like that. Mm. I wish I still looked like that. Yeah. Because today I obviously look different in my brain. Mm. Yeah. And, and so to hear you talking about like how things can be ruined by and that's isn't that like the enemy is a thief of joy and so like isn't it so much like him to sit here and yeah and put a veil over your eyes and to and to deceive you in such a way that a moment that was logged as joyful is now ruined for you and you don't want to look back at those pictures yeah and you don't want to look back at those memories even though those memories were life-giving at the time yeah um isn't it so much like him to steal joy and like that's what this whole thing thing is for me is like we are being taught and we have believed a lie that the that the body that the lord made us yeah. is not enough mm. and that the that a image that the, the god like satan is the god of this world it says in corinthians that he is the god of this world so if in that yeah he then like he controls what is deemed acceptable and he controls what is deemed as right yeah. And so he is setting these standards that we are trying to reach and saying that the body that God made you in is not enough yeah. to be successful in my world that yeah. I have created. And that steals what we are made to do and like be joyful and be loving. Yeah. And that's what you were doing in Jamaica, but then well, he's like, no. And especially as, I mean, the body is tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. God tabernacles with us in our bodies. Yeah. Jesus Christ and you know what I mean? Like yeah. in, in us, in you. Yeah. And so like, again, for like, even like church worker, pastor, all that kind of stuff where you're working in the house of God to have your house of God, your body being attacked and allowing it. I mean, a lot of times, cause it is, it's a mental choice too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like, I don't think there's like some, there's definitely spiritual attacks from the outside, yeah. you know, 
and those aren't to be ignored, but there's also choices to like feed it. Yeah. You know, a hundred percent. So you're working in the house of God. Meanwhile, you're defiling the house of God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's like where there's like red flags now or something in my life or where I'm like, man, and he's like, like your body's a temple of the Holy spirit, you know? Yeah. And like, I love I that you're talking to, about that. Yeah. Like, if that, that makes me want to have compassion for my physical body. Yeah. Now. Yeah. There was something that I don't know. Yeah. There was something that to this day it has been freeing. So I want to share it because maybe it'll be free. I've shared this with you, I think at the, the album release party. Yeah. But the idea of I was wrestling with the Lord and I was in a bad place mentally where mm-hmm. I was like, God, I'm not good at it. It was based off of, this is what's crazy. I didn't like how I looked. So that automatically defined my character as like, I'm not good at anything. I, yeah. pro- I prove no value yes. to yeah. you, God. Like, and I was like, and he so clearly said like, you are not like, you are here to love people. That is your job. Yeah. And, and so it, it, I kind of had this moment of revelation. I was like, how many moments have I missed loving people? Because I yeah. was so pissed off at myself for looking the way that I perceived, yeah. which probably isn't even accurate. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I don't really care. Like, but for me, it was like, if the person that I'm, that I am tasked with loving on this earth is crying yeah. and on my shoulder, do you think they care that my shirt feels a little tighter than, I, than yeah. it is? And, and I, and no, they don't. They yeah. don't care at all. But I do. And so why am I letting yeah. it affect me? I haven't, I have truly, I can say this now. I used to say I have not, I have not since this moment. There was one time I put on a shirt that it was actually just really too tight. Like it should not have been a shirt that I put on. Mm. But, but, <laughs> but, and I can say that in integrity. Like I have taken that shirt off. But since then, since that moment, I have not looked in the mirror and taken off a piece of clothing because I didn't feel comfortable in it. Yeah. And that to me is a big win in my own life. Um, but like, if you're listening to this, or if it's you, John, like, you, you, how you look does not affect your worth. How and here's yeah. the thing: how you look is different than how you perceive yourself yeah. as you look. It is so, so different. For sure, I think that's like been my because the whole idea of like to kind of like wrap yeah. back to like the beginning because like we're the, close here. The body yeah. dysmorphia. It's like. Yeah. I didn't really start to engage with that term until probably my later twenties Yeah, and being comfortable being like, no, like this is what I struggle with. Yeah. Um, and like, this is, I mean, it's a mental disorder of like, I do not see myself the way, much less the way God sees me. I don't see myself the way other people see me. Yeah. You know? And like, there is a, there's a disconnect there. Hmm. And I don't value myself in that way. I don't. So even just having grace for like where I am and being like, as like a 31 year old being like, man, like I want, I want to see myself the way God sees me, Hmm. you know, like I want to see myself. I want to have that compassion for myself in the same way that like, the same compassion I would extend towards other people that I randomly meet without being like, cause I'm not like walking around thinking you're fat, you're ugly, you're this way. You're like, you don't look like this magazine or you don't look like this ad, you know, like whatever. Yeah. Like I'm not thinking those things. No. So why, like if I'm not thinking them about somebody else, like why would I think about them for myself? Yeah. So maybe even like starting there, if you're listening, like, you are loved. You're like valued. You're seen. You are like, I'm preaching to myself right now. Like God has made you perfect. Like your body is the temple of the Holy spirit and, um, something to be cherished. It's the dwelling place of the, of the the spirit of the living God. Yeah. And, um, so yeah. And then going back to scripture and reminding yourself of like, here's how like Yahweh God sees me too. Mm. Um, but even starting with that, like, just trying to have that same compassion that you would extend towards somebody else towards yourself, hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, wow. No, that's really good. And I, I, we are at an hour and I really, I would love, we should, we will on, you're going to come on my podcast that is yet to be named. Um, I'm, it was gonna be Mitch talks mental, but I don't want to do that. I want to name someone else. So I have another one that we're going to come on. We're going to dig more into, specific instances yeah. like i want to i want to 
flesh out like the camera mm, yeah because that's real to me i you said that and i was like oh i could start crying right mm. now because of the like the associations that i have with camera and pictures and dude, people used to joke that like i was literally like bigfoot like i'm the largest person in the room but yeah. at events you i i was ne- you could scroll through like red rocks worship pictures of like worship nights mm. not I'm the largest one in the room. You won't find me on the camera. There's, mm. I'm like invisible. So I want to dig into that with you. I, I do want to. I want to challenge people who are listening to this. Like you, it's funny that you call. You talked about the temple of God last week. I literally sat and was like, I want something in the gym that I can wear that I'm comfortable in. Doesn't need to be tight fitting. It's just a normal T-shirt, but I want it to spark conversation with. Um, about Jesus mm-hmm. and the name that I actually landed on it would, um, was of like the clothing line that I would create would be uh, uh, temple maintenance supply the, wow. I- the idea of like I'm, cool. I'm in the gym I, I want to provide equipment I work in a place where I work with a lot of people who are distributors and they provide equipment for people to do their job I want to provide equipment to maintain the temple of God mm-hmm. And that looks so much different. And like that could be listening to this podcast. That could be uh, going to the gym and not making an idol out of the gym. Yeah. Um, so it's funny. It was like it's just funny that you're talking about the, how we. It's our job to maintain the temple. And yeah. I'm like, well, I. That's funny. Um, but dude, John, oh, thank you so yeah, this much. This has been good, man. That, yeah. Thanks for coming on. And this won't be the first, the, it will be the first, but it won't be the last time <laughs> um, that that you're on here. I, uh, I appreciate your authenticity. And here's the thing is like, man, I think for people like you and I, this kind of conversation is something that takes so much self, like internal, what's the word that I'm looking at, thinking of? Um, like introspection because you have accepted we have accepted the way that our brain works is just our reality and how Mm. it is and so to differentiate truth from what we live is hard and to be able to like for me and i'm sure for you to be like okay what is healthy and what is obsessive yeah so like as an adult how do i eat healthy without walking the line of like obsessive and what is healthy how do you define healthy because social media defines it one way and this doctor defines it another way and my wife defines it another way and then my like so like there is like so for you to come on here and to share your experience i'm thankful um for you to be able to thanks for having me yeah to be able to pull i feel like the Again, wow, the Lord has just really been downloading pictures onto my brain the last couple <laughs> Let's days. Go. But like I just picture like this little gremlin we I watched uh I watched the original um Space Jam with my nieces and nephews last week. And those little gremlin things that the 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 the, the monsters start yeah. from. Um I picture like one of those just like latched on like a leech to us and pulling them off and identifying them as like this is bad is really hard to yeah. do because it's grafted into your everyday life it's grafted yeah. into your rhythms it's grafted into your routines you you probably said rhythm and routines and like a hundred times not really but like a bunch of times during mm. this podcast mm. and it's crazy that the reason something like this is so hard to live with is because they graft into your rhythms and it yeah. becomes your norms and it's believed as normal. Um, so thank you for coming on and sharing. Man, it's been this. good. You rock. It's been good. Um, you guys, thank you for listening. Um, man, these podcasts are, they're an hour long hour and this one will probably be an hour and seven minutes long. Um, I want them to be something that you can chew on. You throw it on and you listen to it 20 minutes at a time. Um, there's a place for quick hitting facts. And then we're, we're slowly moving into a world where authenticity is going to be. I literally thought about this today. You can automate Instagram posts. You can use AI to create the content that you're posting. You can create yeah. AI to create, <laughs> you can create AI to make your bios and then you can create AI to comment and respond to comments. So at this point, it's just going to be AI interacting with AI. Yeah. So like my, my podcast, it might be long and you might hear conversations that like, 
I go off on a tangent talking about something that doesn't probably actually matter, but it's real. And it's and that's what we're going for. So here's the thing. This is a long podcast. I don't care. Uh, I don't care. So um, I, I'm thankful that you're here, John. You blessed me. You blessed um, everyone that listened to this. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So if you enjoyed this podcast, if you'd like to reach out to me, I want to build a community of men. I'd love to chat with you. Jump on the phone. Let's talk. Um, man, John is doing some really cool things in his music. Uh, he is on social media. If you like to play guitar and you want to get better at it, he will teach you how. Um, John, what is your Instagram? JB Meeting. JB Meeting, but not J A A B E E Meeting. JB. JV. JV Meeting. JV okay. <laughs> Meeting. I don't know. Um, but thank you, John. Um, and until next time, peace.